What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Dropping Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Talon Sai, and today we're sitting down with a close friend of mine. Some might say a mogul in the firearms industry. I'm going to say that. I'm going to hype you up here a little bit. All right. Um, he is best known for bringing you the firearm-related news that you actually care about. We got Mr. John Patton in the house. What's going on, dude? Hi. How are you? Everything good? Um, everything is good. <laughs> so we uh, we just decided to do this podcast sort of last minute. This is obviously something that I'm spinning up and is like newer for me because I fell off the podcast train for a while. But you've been doing it for a while and not just podcasting, but you, you got your hands in a little bit of everything. That's what it seems like. Yeah, I, I try to. I'm always spinning around trying new stuff. You know, we... I realized very, very long ago that the best way for me to get the most traction is to kind of be everywhere. And, yeah. uh, you know, we try to do that. Our, our podcast has been really inconsistent. It's funny you say that. Like, we, we kind of dropped off in the consistency of it. But uh, I've been doing it sporadically for years now. So, you know. Yeah. Um, so before we start talking about gun collective and everything that you got going on, um, since I'm doing, we're doing this remote obviously, and I, I'm going to have a lot of different guests on the podcast, most of which are creators in the community and just acquaintances that live interesting lives and stuff like that. So do you remember when we first became like internet friends and how that really happened? No. I don't remember. I, I I was trying to think about it on my way in here, too, and I couldn't really pinpoint it. I remember, I mean, obviously, when I started making firearm videos, I knew about a lot of people on YouTube. Um, but I think you, you featured me as GunTuber of the Week, which you recently brought back on your channel, where you feature content creator who is, like, up and coming. I think at the time I might have had, like, 100 to 150,000 subscribers and that was when my gun stuff was on my main channel but I'm pretty sure that's how we became friends. Yeah, I think I think it was around that time I I distinctly remember catching one of your videos somehow. I don't remember. I, it was probably your Glock 19 video because yeah, reasons, right? Views <laughs> that's probably logical. But yeah. uh, I I remember hearing your accent and going that dude's from around here. He's from Pennsylvania. I, I, like, Did it's, you say John? Very distinct. That I was like, nobody else on on the the gun tube talks like that. I know where that dude's from. So then yeah. I, I watched a few videos, put it out there, and I guess we just kind of became buddies after that. Yeah, th those are always the best kind of relationships. Like that's how I become friends with most of my creator friends. Like they'll follow me on social media or like comment about a post that I did or something, whatever it may be. And then it turns into like DMS. I'm like, yo dude, thanks for sharing me as gun tuber of the week. And then next thing you know, we're like hanging out at shot show and doing the, the TGC panel, which I'm kind of bummed didn't happen this past year. Me too. <laughs> me dude, too. Nashville NRA show was where the TGC panel was going to happen. And if you guys aren't familiar with that, um, plenty of videos over on John's channels, but, um, you gathered like a really good group of people who are influential in the firearms industry, a lot of different demographics that those people are capturing too, and kind of put together that panel. So do you still plan on doing stuff like that in the future? I mean, we, we've, uh, kind of been heading towards doing that at, uh, this coming NRA annual meeting. I mean, uh, to be fair, anybody listening, the NRA has nothing to do with it. We just do it coinciding with that event. Uh, yeah, it kind of sucks that it is tied to that, but <laughs> they actually, we can talk they about actually, that later. Uh, they kind of booted us out. <laughs> so we were in there. It was the second year we were in oh, there. Oh, yeah. And then the secretary, John Frazier, who is now uh, being sued by the state of New York with the rest of the uh, NRA executives, um, he came in and started flipping out because I was promoting Adam, and, who was running for the NRA board at the time, and they called it gotcha. suggesting that we were giving away stuff to vote for Adam, which was just, it just happened to coincide that we were doing two things. Um, and he, he just came in and, you know, flipped out. There's, there's clips of it on the internet, but 
to rewind, yeah, we're trying to do it again in Houston. Brownells has already said that they want to be the title sponsor again, which is huge. Um, they, they actually were like, hey, are we doing this or what? <laughs> uh, like, we don't even know what's happening at this point. There's so many, like, everything s- seems up in the air. Seems like there's some light at the end of the tunnel with the whole, like, pandemic thing. But, I mean, yeah, man, I hope it happens. It's in Texas, so there's probably a good chance it's going to happen. Lord knows what there's the no rules. will be. You know, it's it's the annual meeting brings in tens of thousands of people. So who knows? what we are going to have to do for our event, let alone the bigger event happening down the street. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, the venue could force us to require mass or, you know, Lord knows what. Uh, I remember when we had the panel in, in Dallas, I didn't know this, but you can't carry in a bar in Dallas. And the oh, yeah. Bar. And we had, we had, you know, I don't remember how many people, but there was probably a hundred different people that showed up carrying because they were at the annual meeting. And then they came to our event and the, the, the security guards like, none of you can carry. I was like, wait, uh, you know, the gun collective is in the freaking name. You could have told me this <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's a story for another day. Um, I've got lots of stories about the panel, like trying to set it up and, and the, the hoops we have to jump through in every different city. Cause we bounce yeah. around and every city has their different venues and they all run slightly different they all want slightly different money i mean mm. i i think um just for reference we probably spend i would say between 30 and 50 thousand dollars to put that event on every year damn yeah i mean like I, I visited the one in texas and then i was on the panel at the one in where was that? Indianapolis. Indy, yeah, yeah, in Indy. Yeah, and dude, it's such a good time. So again, like John basically gathers a group of people who are either YouTubers or whatever it may be, people who have a lot of experience in the industry across different um, paths too. Like you have some people who are in the military, you have some regular people like me who are just into firearms, and then it's a, is it a ticketed event or is it free? It's the in indie we did tickets, but it's free tickets. Okay, so free tickets, and then yeah, people can come and show up, and then just basically ask everyone on the panel questions. So it's a good time, and you live streamed that whole thing, and I know Izzy was helping with that. It's really cool. So yeah, man, looking looking forward to hopefully doing that again. It's quite elaborate, and you know, it's it's grown a lot. I mean, it's only four or five years old and you know we we live stream to all all over the place we do you know we give away i don't know forty fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff you know mm-hmm. all the sponsors come in they they give product and uh you know this year especially we're looking to keep evolving you know we've even talked about maybe having two separate panels like two uh groups of people okay there are so many people that I want to be on it that it becomes like there's a, there's like 20, 30 people on stage is way too much, you know, yeah. if it's one of those questions where everybody has to answer, it takes forever. So, I mean, I think we had 10 or 11 the last time we actually had a, an event and that's pushing it. That's pushing it. So it's really hard to select, you know, when, when, I've been doing this for the better part of 10 years and I've got relationships with all kinds of different people that are from, you know, the, the millions and millions of subscribers down to the guys that are just starting. And I want to try and bring in people from all that, like you said, just, I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be interesting picking and sorting that out this year. That's for sure. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know we kind of talked about this before, but it comes comes down to a point where, like, a lot of the people that you've chosen in the past two are, like, personal friends. Like, people who, like, yes, you're acquaintances with, and they both make, like, we all make content on YouTube, but they're people who, like, check in every once in a while. Like, you and I are friends to a point where, like, I'll just, like, text you out of the blue, be like, yo, dude, what's going on? What are you working on? And vice versa. So I think that's a, a really cool thing, too, to, to have that sort of, like, camaraderie in the creator community yeah it's it's not something i expected when i started to be like actual buddies with people that i saw on the internet you know 
Mm-hmm. But as as it uh, evolves, as time goes on, you start to realize like the only people that can really level with you about certain things in your life are the people doing exactly the same thing. Yeah, I, I have this conversation pretty frequently with a lot of like creator friends of mine. I was just hanging out with my buddy Mike from Last Line of Defense last night. And we just talk shop non nonstop. Like we were out camping and we're, we were having a discussion about that, how like you have your friends that you grew up with and like other acquaintances that you've met over the years, but you don't necessarily have that strong connection with the people who work in the same space as you, because like you said, you can level and talk about these issues that we don't really talk about publicly because it's kind of like in bad taste, but talking about, youtube algorithms and finding what works and working with different companies and there's a lot that goes into it and it's cool to share that connection with like a friend who is going through the same stuff yeah absolutely the i mean i distinctly remember the last conversation you and i had in your van we were heading up to your range here in pennsylvania and Uh we were just rapping about you know what's working for you how's that going what are you trying you know the yeah. I'm getting screwed in this way. <laughs> You're getting screwed, you know what I mean? Like this is this is working. This is not type conversations, and it's it's really nuanced and specific to at least for me gun content right now. So it's uh, it's nice to be able to have that same conversation with somebody that gets it. Yeah, for sure. All right, so. I mean, it would be people would be mad at me if I didn't ask you some gun questions while we're on here. And like, it's so played out. I hate asking people like yourself, like gun questions, because I hate when people ask me gun questions like, oh, what's what's your favorite this or that? But we got to do it. All right. So I don't want to ask, like, what's your favorite gun? Because no one can ever answer that if you're like truly a firearm. Easy. Desert (laughs) easy. Desert Eagle 50 cal all day. Oh, okay, okay. How many of those do you have? One. One? Is it uh, Tiger Stripe? It's Chrome. Uh, okay. I bought it in 2010. It was made in 2001, sat for nine years, unfired. I bought it on Gunbroker, and it was uh, a three-barrel kit. So it's 357, 44, and 50 AE. I sold the 357 because I could never get it to run right, and now I've got the 44 and 50, and it's it's not practical in any way. It's so dumb. Like it is so dumb. The gun like beats itself apart. The safeties come loose. Like it's, it's just not like, it's not a Glock. You know what I mean? It's not like an HK. It's just not. However, seeing a 10 foot fire ring come out of the muzzle, every single shot is really, really fun. And And, and feeling that bigger stuff, but that one just brings it home for me. Yeah. I'm a huge desert Eagle fan too. I think I bought mine, Man, probably like four or five years ago. Um, this was like before I was doing a whole lot of gun stuff on YouTube. And I was up in northern Pennsylvania, went into a gun shop. This was at the point where I wasn't making money from YouTube, but I had a good IT job. So I had, for the first time in my, my life, like a decent amount of extra income. And I was like, I went back and forth. I went into this gun shop on this camp trip. We were up there for like a weekend. I went in like two or three times. And then finally I was like, all right, I'm buying this thing. So I got the 50 AE chrome plated, like, like movie gun that you see everywhere, counter strike, like, and that's what drew me to it. But uh, what a lot of people don't realize if they've never shot a 50 AE desert Eagle is that the recoil impulse is prominent, but it's not like unmanageable. It's not like shooting a 500 Smith and Wesson. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you boil it down, a lot of that recoil impulse that you're feeling is the weight of the slide. Cause the slide weighs, you know, like a pound and a half by itself. It's just the gun loaded weighs like seven pounds, <laughs> right? Like it's super heavy and having that big slide, that reciprocating mass just coming back and hitting the end of its travel and just slamming into your hand. I mean, I think that's a lot of what you're feeling. The other thing that's really interesting. I, I always uh, like to bring up about the Deagle is that it's a gas piston gun and has a closer tie to like an AR-15 operating system than, or like an AK, I guess, uh, than like a standard blowback gun, which is just awesome. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. So the piston mechanism and even the bolt, like the it's a the bolt, bolt looks like an AR bolt. Yeah, it actually locks up, which is really neat. 
that's that's a cool gun i i haven't done i've done two videos on deagles but i haven't shot mine in a while because of everything that's going on yeah that's a good segue into how how have you been doing during panic buying and all the political bullshit that's been going on like we don't need to talk details about it but like you you still getting out shooting a bunch or how's it been for you so we were doing reviews pretty much all of 2020 like sporadically obviously we pulled way way back um you know you almost have to yeah well you know we my fiance has severe ocd and you know we we took it really easy because um you know she's constantly trying to recover uh ocd is debilitating and you know, here comes a pandemic and that's challenging. It's challenging for folks that don't have that, let alone somebody with um, some other stuff going on. And so we pulled back on like traveling and doing everything that we were normally doing. And then once we started going back to the range, because our range actually shut down for a long time. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, because it's it, it fell under certain laws or something here in PA and they had to shut down. Damn. So once they opened back up, um, we started, you know, getting back to the reviews and luckily most of it was just nine mil and I had a ton of it laying around. Like I wasn't super worried about it. Um, and the other thing is when somebody's sending us a gun, I make them send ammo so that it doesn't okay. dip into my stash too much. Yeah. I, I started having to do that recently and it, a lot of the times doesn't work because they're like, yeah, we totally love to send you this gun for a review. And I'm like, well, I don't want to just dip into my own ammo, so can you send ammo with it? And then even firearms companies struggle to <laughs> supply ammo in some cases. Um, yeah, absolutely. Definitely appreciated when that happens. But, yeah, I'm in the same position. Like, a lot of people get pissed because I've cut back on gun videos in general. But I'm still – dude, I put out, like, I mean, like four videos in a row at the beginning of this year, and I'm doing, like, one every two weeks-ish right now. But that's a pretty decent yeah. cadence, especially when the gun channel is not your primary, you know, like it's, it's, you're running two channels right now. So I think yeah. it's reasonable to understand that you may pull back a little bit when ammo supply is both scarce and stupid expensive. Yeah. And, and I would rather go a week or a few weeks without posting a video rather than half-assing a review where like, I shot a hundred rounds at an indoor range or like here's a dedicated light review, which I've done in the past and there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I, I, I just appreciate higher quality content and I, I am more inclined to put out quality content rather than just a quantity that people are looking for. Well, that that's part of the reason we're actually not doing reviews anymore. Um, you know, one of the, the primary metrics that matters in the youtube stuff i know you know this but um the views just were not there like we we started very strong with news and uh 2a stuff and we started expanding into other i started doing reviews started trying other stuff and those videos just have never ever performed up to the level of the other stuff and they take a lot more time to produce it's a it's I've had so many guns. Almost every long gun I've ever taken out for a review has been wrong in some way. It wasn't accurate mm -hmm. as as re, you know reported. It wasn't. Um, it didn't function correctly. Something broke. Like we had so many freaking problems that I was just like, you know what? This is costing me time, money, and causing me a lot of stress. I'm done. And. Yeah. Uh, Especially when you're not getting like the engagement that you're looking for out of something like that, um, it's, it, it's, it's it's a yeah, it's defeating. It, it's a bummer when like you you've never purposely put yourself into the niche of like news, but TGC news is like the biggest part of the channel, and then it's so demotivating when you're trying to do something that you want to do out of the normal, like you wanted to do firearm reviews. So you branch out into that. And then I'm sure you get comments. Like I get these comments all the time because I do so many different things, but people are like, Oh, stick to the, stick to the news, John. Like what, what are you doing, doing this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Hey man, this is free. Somebody will say that shit anytime. 
And to be fair, you know, it's that's their opinion. They're they're welcome to it, but you know, you can't make everybody happy. I don't know. I've I've tried ballistic gel uh, videos, which I love. Like personally, I love doing them. I love finding out the the results. We have you know this crazy high speed camera. We film all kinds of cool stuff that way, but at the same time, they, it just doesn't get the viewership. So to me, what's the point of spending, you know, if for reference, making a gel block takes, uh, it takes like three to four hours to actually produce the, the raw block. And then it has to go into a, uh, for all intents and purposes, a scientific style refrigerator so that you don't run into issues with moisture mold uh, freezing like it has to be ultra consistent in order to have repeatable results which is something that i always wanted mm -hmm. however like you know you start going down that road i i invested a lot of money and and time into that and it just like it just doesn't perform so screw it we'll, we'll go you know we'll try other things yeah and I, i'm in the boat now where like i, I do so much different content that um when something like I put a lot of effort into one video and I'm personally stoked on it and then it just completely falls flat that that's not going to stop me from making that kind of video again I'm at the point now where I'm just like I got into YouTube because I enjoy making videos and I'm just going to continue doing it whether people out there watch it or not I know personally that the content is good and even if it doesn't get a lot of views someone out there is going to appreciate it for what it is um that's a but they're, they're looking at it. What's that? I said that's a wise way of looking at it. Yeah, because because a lot of people, especially like younger generations, I mean, it doesn't matter what age you are, but a lot of people look at what people like us do, like YouTube content creators, and they see the glitz and glam, and oh, you can get paid to shoot guns and get paid to do this and that and whatever, and then they try their hand at it, and then they end up being super demotivated because like. They don't know how much go work goes into it, and I—I I I don't even know where I was going with that. But <laughs> it's uh, I love that. It, it's like, like I'm making a point. This is great. Oh, what was I saying? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. But um, a, a lot of people, I guess, don't don't understand like the art of just making. That's what I was getting at. Like, you you gotta enjoy making videos. You're never gonna succeed on YouTube if you think you're gonna get into it for money. Like. You have to just enjoy doing what you're doing and do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, it's totally reasonable and possible to make a good living from it. But if that becomes the sole goal, then something's, something's off. Yeah. To be, fair, to be fair, I have felt that way many times. Like I, you know, with my old channel, I literally was about TGC was kind of a fluke, uh, the old channel, I was done. Like I was checked out. I finished out the videos that I needed to finish out and I was, I was just freaking done. And then I moved on to TGC with a plan and I was like, this, this can be a different thing, you know, but I was in the mindset back then of, okay, I'm done. I'm going to do something else with my life. And I felt that way. Um, you know, for instance, with the review stuff, you know, it was causing me so much stress and I'm, I'm not great at like managing that. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just causing me so much stress. I'm like, I've, I've got to find a way for this not to be beating me up mentally, you know? Yeah. It becomes too much work at one point. Like, like you enjoy doing, doing the news, obviously. And you, you, and you're enjoying the videos that you're creating, but when it gets to that point where it feels like work, then it's like, maybe you got to reassess the situation and find something different to do. Yeah. I, and I, I go through that a lot. Like, whether it's working with companies that I feel like they have an expectation of content or uh, engagement on specific posts. And dude, that is the worst to me. Like it, whenever I'm working with like a really high end reputable brand and I feel like they have this expectation, a lot of times they don't because the company's so big and they don't care, but that gives me anxiety like hardcore. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, I actually turned down a deal uh, a brand deal. Um, it was a funny story. So a company comes to us, says, hey, what's your price for uh, an integrated promo? I give them the price. They come back at half 
want it to be double the length of our normal stuff and had an expectation of views and engagement had like they said it has to be this and i said first of all we don't do guarantees ever i can't guarantee you anything with the way youtube goes i don't do guarantees also i told you what the price was you're not going to cut me in half and then expect me to to say oh sure get the hell out of here dude do double the work for half the price john why would you not do that yeah it was it was ridiculous what's funny though is i said i said like okay we're not doing any of the stuff you just said if you want it, here's what I told you. And the guy was like, okay. And, and then, and then that same company, this is, this is great. I'll tell you who it was after. Cause I don't want to blow up their spot. Yeah. So yeah. They, <laughs> the day before, like the evening before I didn't see, they emailed me at like, I don't know, six, seven o'clock at night. So I didn't see the email till the morning of the video airing and Izzy's editing it. He's working on it. And then they come to me and say, Hey, we're not doing gun related stuff anymore. We're pulling the plug. It's the day it's supposed to air. Okay. Yeah, so I, after, I'm trying to think of. We went through all this back and forth. Yeah, dude. I'm trying to think of like who the company. I, I'm, I'm curious to hear who that is. We'll talk about it after. What's, what's even better is uh, I just saw a promo from them on a gun related video, uh, really recently. So, I don't know. I just I Man. they said they were gonna pay us anyway which is fine sure but i thought it was really weird yeah that is that is strange for sure um all right back to the the stereotypical questions that i gotta ask i wasn't gonna ask your favorite gun but i was going to ask what what are your go-to guns for pistol and rifle like the ones that are users for you you either carry around with you every day you keep on your nightstand at night like what's what's your go-to setup for first pistol uh hk vp9 okay yeah i remember you you've been on the vp9 for a while now yeah i i it fits my hand really well i shoot it pretty well and that's really all i care about (laughs) i really i I just don't i don't really care about the whiz bang stuff i've got thankfully hk has been pretty supportive so i've got the long slide version the long slide optic ready version the short optic ready version um I i have slides and frames and like it's cool. We I've got yeah. a few of them, and I love them. Uh, there are other really really good guns out there, but I I tend to just fall into that VP9 the the most consistently. Yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with the VP9. I have I think I did a review on it in the past. Um, it was actually yeah, the video that I did was a few years ago, and at the time they just released they switched from the paddle mag release to the button. Yeah. They like came out with a variant of that. And at the time on Gunbroker, you could get a VP9 for like $450, $500, which in today's world is fucking insane. Like that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, so I, I still like to this day get comments on the video and they're like, oh my God, there's no way you're finding a VP9 for that price, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, times were different back then. So. Well, they, they like, they came out and they were six $700. And then, like a year or two later, they just plummeted in price. It was awesome. Yeah. You could just get them, and they're great. They're good guns. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, what about rifle? Because this, harder. I mean, that's harder to answer. Uh, yeah, i i have uh, I have the second AR I ever built has tens of thousands of rounds on it. It's a piston driven gun with a polymer lower and mm-hmm. a slick side upper. And a Daniel Defense barrel, like it's it's this it's not like a a cool guy setup. It's got but a it's like hodgepodge of something that you get. Yeah. But it's really fast. It it runs like a top, and it has never let me down. Not once has it let me down. So that's okay. probably my go-to. But you know how it is. Uh, I've I kind of got all kinds of stuff, and yeah, I don't know. There's I like my Daniel Defense rifle quite a bit uh the the iwi zion 15 is pretty cool for like a affordable factory rifle i do like that one there yeah i think the price at least it was on that it was like 899 you're getting like great ergos you're getting 16 and a half inch barrel like a solid rifle i did a video on that one too and iwi just makes good stuff across the board yeah i think i think that one's a good a good option i mean there's so many good ars out there 
I mean, that's yeah. when you talk like long gun, that's an AR 15 is my go to, but there are so many other good options out there. You know, you talk pistol caliber carbine, I think the top of that game, if you're talking like an AR style, is probably CMMG. If you say the, the SP5 is my jam, I really like the HK. Uh, damn, it's not here. I was gonna grab it, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many, so many options. Yeah, it's it's definitely hard because like, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of new platforms will come out, and then if they are really good, they will get that reputation of like, wow, this is like new top contender. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that, since you, I mean, you are more in tune with the firearms industry than I even care to be because it's your job. And I'm just like, dude, like everyone's asked me about new products and guns that are coming out. And I'm like, I just, I can't even give you my opinion on it because one, I don't really care. Like, um, I'm at a point now where I have so many guns and I know what I like. That's why I asked you what your like go-to pistol and rifle were, because I like the guns that I actually have set up and I train with and are ready to go for their purpose as a tool sure and and then i like the super gucci like over the top like i don't know if you can see it in what you're looking at but i have a gold tommy gun sitting back here that's like completely gold plated and i just like shit like that because it's like flashy and fun yeah i'm, um, I'm uh similar i i think uh you know if you're talking silly stuff i'm in i'm in for silly guns how about your integrally suppressed uh browning or whatever that thing was that we shot the one day kg made did that or what they're in kgm technologies they changed their name uh in integral browning buckmark carbine integrally suppressed that's freaking cool what else yeah i uh i just did a video on an integral 1022 barrel i don't know i've got all kinds of wacky shit but the the fancy stuff is a lot of fun the fancy stuff is fancy you know? Yeah, and, and I like firearms too. I, I basically got into firearms um, for like the engineering aspect behind them. I like the different different mechanisms between like piston and direct blowback, roller delay blowback, and then I mean that's just like one category. But then you get into different pistol mechanisms, and there's a lot of cool stuff. But what what is something that I should be aware of? What's something that you're stoked on that? is new that I probably don't know about. Cause like I said, I don't keep up with like new trends. You know what I have yet to try that looks like it has, it, it could be exciting is the Walther PDP. Uh, okay. Yeah. That looks like it could be cool. Um, is that the, the metal frame version? No, that's, it's like a, an updated PPQ. They took, Oh, it's like a do it stands for like, professional duty pistol or some nonsense like that okay but it's like an updated ppq they took stuff from the metal frame gun they took stuff from this it's like it's aggressive a little bit more aggressive than uh what the ppq was and it looks like it could be cool that one resonates um if you haven't this isn't really like brand new but if you haven't looked at shadow systems yet you you absolutely should yeah Uh, their stuff is really good I, I, I mean, I know of Shadow Systems. I haven't gravitated towards them for no reason in particular, but um, I, I definitely heard a lot of good things about them. People seem to enjoy For the dot, that. they make a gun that is on, like, really, either really, really close to or, or right on par to, like, Zev. And Zev makes okay. really, like, the OZ-9 is a good freaking pistol. Yeah, I got like three of them, and they're Shadow Systems guns are right there with it, and they're like, uh, uh, I don't know, eight nine hundred dollars less. Yeah, it's it's yeah, that's that's huge. Cool. It's it's like I I think I said the in the video that it's the gun that Glock wished they made because yeah. it's like a tuned up Glock style pistol. It's not obviously it's not a Glock because it's like their thing from the ground up, but it's really good. It's just it's yeah. Good. There, there's there's been a few companies over the years who have surprised me with coming out with something that is like it may seem like gimmicky at first or it may seem like an imitation but then it ends up being really affordable and like a really really good platform i can't i can't think of many off the top of my head right now but i, I just remember when i was reviewing a ton of guns like there are some things that just 
surprise you and you're like, wow, this is actually good. Something I could use, something I can recommend to people. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I, I love when that happens though, because like you're going into a review, um, testing something out with literally no expectations and then it surprises you and it's like, whoa, this, this is kind of nice. You know what? Get behind that. You know what recently surprised me was the Shield Plus. Yes, I have one, and I've been working on a video, but I, you know how it is. <laughs> the first time I dry fired that gun, I went, this is going to be good. It's about time they got rid of the C-shaped articulating trigger. Um, I, I know there were people at Smith & Wesson who were kind of pushing on keeping that because they were, like, married to the design and everything, but I'm glad they improved that, and, yeah, great gun for sure. Yeah, way better... Like I, we went out for that review and I did not think I was going to love it. Cause I typically, I prefer larger frame guns, but, uh, Genevieve carried a shield for years. So I, I, so we started by shooting her gun and I'm, I'm like connecting really well. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. Like maybe the new one will be even better. And I mean, what is it? 13 rounds in the gun? Something like that. Yeah. I think it's 13, 13 rounds in a tiny little handgun, uh, it's it's really not bad. the The trigger's much improved for a factory gun. That's great. I can't wait to see what the PC versions, the Performance Center versions of that. I really am excited about those because I love the 380 and 9EZ. Love mm -hmm. those. So seeing that evolve is is going to be exciting for me. Yeah, if they can get like I'm assuming the PC version of that would be like a ported barrel, and that thing's going to be an awesome option for for any kind of CCW or basically whatever you want to do with it. Yeah. I want to see it with uh, a slightly more aggressive slide texture, uh, like serrations on the front that are a little bit easier to, to hold on to because they didn't, re didn't really change that. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see a ported barrel, maybe a threaded barrel uh, and a nice optic mounting option. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's stray away from guns a little bit because, I mean, this is all we talk about anyway. <laughs> and we're obviously more interesting humans than knowing about guns and shooting them a bunch. Um, recently, you reached out to me talking about you and Genevieve wanting you to travel a little bit more. Yes. What's that face? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's almost overwhelming trying to figure out what the right path is. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you travel a lot as it is with trade shows and stuff throughout the years, but a lot of times, well, actually, you drove to SHOT Show the like two years ago, whenever the last SHOT Show was, right? Yeah, yeah, we drove from southeastern Pennsylvania uh, to Vegas and then back. <laughs> and that, dude, that's crazy. You, you, you did it in a minivan, like with your yeah. gear and everything? Yeah, we, we went, uh, we had Felix. Uh, for reference, our shepherd is... One, he's a large shepherd, <laughs> weighs in around 100 pounds. He's at, when he's laying on the bed next to Genevieve, she's like 5'8. They're the same size, he's big. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he was in the van, all of our gear was in the van. Genevieve and her dad and I were all together. Uh, wow, that was a that was a trip. We got engaged on that trip, yeah, that's true. Congrats, still, still not married yet, right? Oh, no, no, the pandemic kind of threw a wrench in that. Every, everybody that was supposed to get married got like bumped back and like or had to deal with like really crazy restrictions so we just yeah. put it off now this spring and summer there's so many damn weddings luckily i'm like traveling a bunch so i don't get invited to weddings like i did like a year or two ago yeah um not that i'm against weddings but like when when you have a wedding like back to back, like one weekend and then one the next, like, dude, that gets exhausting after a while. It's exhausting. It's also expensive, you know, like yeah. you, you end up having to, if it's like an away game, you, you got to get like a hotel or something. If you're going to have some fun, like it, it, it adds up, you know, real, real fast, especially if you're in the wedding party, then it, just thousand bucks, throw it away. <laughs> Yeah, I, dude, I, I did that between, I think it was like two years ago, I had a few friends get married, and I was in all of their weddings, so we got bachelor parties where we tried to go to Vegas, um, we ended up, our flight got messed up, we went to Atlantic City, and then, so you're paying a ton of money for that, for the hotels, and then a wedding gift, and you gotta give a good gift because your buddies getting married and whatever, but yeah, weddings add up quick, man. 
yeah no kidding no kidding um so yeah we to to bring it back we are considering uh heavily ditching our apartment and living full-time in an rv uh partially partially inspired by you but that's uh that's kind of our, our thought process. That's where we're potentially heading. We're, we're not sure on anything really yet, but that's kind of where we're heading. Yeah, that's a big decision. When So when you reached out to me recently, you were talking about trailers. I didn't I didn't think that was going to be the like the expectation, like you actually get rid of an apartment and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, Damn. It's, uh, where we live is expensive. I'm not like bragging. It's overpriced. Uh, mm. <laughs> it's just... Um, you know, it's kind of close to my mom, and she's alone, so I don't like bailing on her if she needs something. Uh, Genevieve's dad lives kind of close, and so we we ended up here. And you know, it's okay, it's all right, but we both understand that there's so much more to the country, to life. I mean, that that alone is something yeah. that really really resonates and then watching your damn videos where you're all over the place <laughs> this motherfucker i gotta get out there and do something fun because i'm i'm 37 i'm coming up on 40 real fast and i don't want to look back and go i should have done more yeah so i started sort of like living by that mantra when my YouTube got to a point where I was making money while I was working my IT job and then I was able to leave my job. So doing YouTube full time and I'm like, man, this opens up so many opportunities and like I I would feel I, I don't like having regrets and I don't have many in life, if any, right now. And I don't want to have them when I'm older. So when these opportunities like present themselves to me, I would hate to look back and look at the opportunities that I passed up on. So I've just sort of been like a go-getter since all that happened. Like I'm just going out there and trying to seize whatever opportunities I can, I can get. So. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's something, um, you know, one of the things that you and I uh, bonded over uh, early on was uh, losing a family member. And for me, that was super impactful. And for me, the people, the men in my family don't live super, super long. So I'm like, okay, I've got to change this. I've got to see if I can push and either do more with the time that I do have or, and, or, uh, you know, just go harder. And that was a, for me, that's a catalyst of like, I need to get out there and see the rest of the country because we driving across the country was completely eye-opening. I, you know, if you would have asked me three years ago if I would consider living uh, tiny, as they call it, mm-hmm. uh, if I was going to live in a tiny home, I mean, literally Genevieve and I were talking about this. She's like, I really want to do that. I'm like, no way in hell am I going to live in that little of a house. And the the more I experience what's out there, the more I look around my apartment and my studio, my studio is a freaking mess. I look around and go, what is all this bullshit that I'm not using? What is yeah. all? It's just clutter. It's just junk. Like I can, I, I don't need all of this stuff that I have. And while some of it is really sentimental and it means a lot, and I, I, I just don't need everything. And I feel like using that, uh, like putting that, thought process of of living more simply and enjoying the experiences that are available like you know you inspire so many people to do and there's a lot of travel vloggers and all that like a lot of people really really um have opened my eyes to what's what's attainable you know the other aspect of it for me is okay let's say we buy you know a big old trailer and get on the road and travel well we uh then that opens a whole new type of content that we can produce and an opportunity for making content that's not blacklisted everywhere on the internet yeah that's i mean that's something that's super important too and that's why i've always done a little bit of everything on my channel and then obviously got demonetized and whatever but yeah (laughs) having having that diversity is definitely nice 
And someone in your position, like I have this conversation with a lot of people who like only do firearm related stuff. A lot of people think about what to do. Like, do I just start putting like lifestyle videos on my main channel? And you and I talked about this when my channel got demonetized because I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. This hasn't really happened to anyone because like what I'm what I do and have been doing is kind of unique, like to just mash everything together. But my channel is a lifestyle channel. Firearms are a part of like my lifestyle. So that's why everything was just together. But um, my suggestion to those people is always to just start another channel because like it, like you said, like you're going to be blacklisted no matter what. There's shadow banning and all this bullshit on on YouTube. So that's kind of just the cards that were dealt. And it's unfortunate, but that's just I, that's, I think, the best route to go. It's like create something completely new and continue with that. Yeah. And it also, you know, something Genevieve has helped me realize is like, I'm not a one dimensional person, you know, like for being that TGC has been my life for almost six years now, like six years a month from now, uh, being that I'm not super one-dimensional, I think there's so much more opportunity for me to explore the things that I really think I might enjoy or actually do enjoy, you know? Like as I try to get healthier, um, you know, Genevieve is uh, training right now for ride the rockies which is a 400 mile ride in the rockies oh my gosh right like no 50 miles i don't know it's a long effing way so you know seeing her ride i'm like well maybe i i can try getting a bike or an e-bike or something like that and then i'm like well maybe i could you know if i wanted to i could try making content about that or alternatively i could just kind of do like the vloggy style stuff that people like I, i don't know but the the possibilities are part of what's exciting yeah and and that's the thing like you you obviously have the passion to make videos no matter what it's on because you know how to run a camera and it's something that is straight up just enjoyable to do so i say go for it man like i'm always telling people like obviously i don't need to tell you to start a youtube channel because you're doing it i've been doing it probably longer than i have but uh, I I get so many of my friends to to start YouTube channels because they talk and talk and talk and a lot of people talk and talk and talk about everything. In this example, creating a YouTube channel, very very few people actually do it. Well, and it's you it's know the easiest thing, thing to do. I realized a long time ago. I realized that I am born to perform in some kind of way. I used to think, and I still sometimes think, that's music. Uh, I, I, I was a, I mean, I still like, like technically, I'm a drummer. I own drum sets, plural. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I, I, I love music, but at the same time, I, you know, I don't want to sound like a dickhead, but I'm pretty damn good in front of a camera, yeah. and I think I can present any type of information given the opportunity. So, with that in mind, I can just kind of use that knowledge and go well okay well let me learn let me bring people along let me like soak in all this knowledge from so many freaking cool people that we know like we know through travels how many people have you met that are not like specifically gun people but they're like really really incredible and you want to share that with not just the world but like show how it ties to you and why it matters to you and just i don't know like all of that to me is exciting yeah and and that's something that like i i was the same way growing up like i played in bands and i loved being on stage i was never a super like outgoing person and still to this day i'm not crazy outgoing but when people see us in an environment like this this is what we do we're in front of a camera now and i feel the same way like you give me like anything and i can like I can just sit here and talk about it. Like just kind of like make shit up off the cuff. And that's just like what we're good at. Um, so, um, what, what do you think you would do outside of YouTube? Like say YouTube doesn't exist tomorrow. Oh shit. I don't know. Uh, it's become such a large part of the world and my life. I'm not sure what would happen you know, I may fall back into some car stuff, 
because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still pretty decently versed in it. Uh, before, uh, some people know this, some people don't. My old channel actually has videos of my old STI. That was another thing you and I bonded on. Uh, yeah. I I was a gearhead before I got into guns, and I, I don't know, I might fall into that. It's just like such a difficult question to ask because I understand, at least I think I do, marketing in a way that a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've given presentations on it. Um, so I maybe something with marketing, maybe something with guns, maybe, uh, probably not something. It's like if, if YouTube... Like if if TGC was shut down entirely and like was not able to reboot something like that, like if I yeah, could I'm... not if I could not do that, I think I would use it as an opportunity to reset. Okay. And that's not to say that I don't like I'm not going to be a Second Amendment supporter anymore. That guy, that's kind of ridiculous to assume. But I think I would try something different. Yeah, and, and I think that's good. You bring up a good point there. Like when I stopped making gun videos because it destroyed my entire channel i I mean i didn't stop i never stopped i created a new channel i re-uploaded everything and i continued making videos but on the surface level people who don't stay in touch with everything they saw that i wasn't doing gun videos anymore and they're like oh you snowflake you hate the second amendment blah 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 and i'm like no the second amendment and firearms is so ingrained in my life since a kid like growing up around firearms shooting my uh, my family are big hunters um it it's so it's idiotic to think otherwise um but but yeah that that's a good point though i think um, a lot of people um you know when they they are sort of in a mindset of dance monkey and what I mean by that is you are nothing more to them than entertainment. Uh, and because of that, you are living up to their expectations that they have set for you, whether or not you ever set them with that person. They they have put you into this box in their mind. And if you deviate, like we talked about this, trying different content. If you deviate from what they expect from you, Sometimes that can cause a backlash. Largely, I think largely the audiences across the board that pay attention on a regular basis would not be upset. Right. You know, they'll they'll just either not watch not it. Yeah. yeah. There's no reason for like negative comments and stuff like that, but it does happen. Um, and it's a shame because I feel like a lot of times audiences get entitled and they're like, <laughs> Oh, you're not gonna you're not gonna post this week? I'm like, no, motherfucker, I'm not gonna post this week. Like I, I something came up, I can't do it. But at the same time, like I, I feel that way because of the way that they like word their statements to you. But at the same time, I am the most thankful. Like I wouldn't be able to do what I do without people there watching my content from the beginning. And although there are a few bad apples in the bunch, like for the most part we we would be nowhere without the communities that we have and that's such a humbling experience to know that like there are people out there who love you as a person love what you do and what you talk about you share similar interests so yeah i mean it's hard to be anything other than thankful it's really strange the relationship you end up building with the audience um one of the i've, I've had to explain it i had a conversation with uh, johnny johnny b um, is what his channel is. I had a conversation yeah, he, he with him. Changed years his ago. Uh, channel name. Yeah, I told him to do that. Oh, okay. Um, he was going through a rebrand, and he leaned on me for some advice. So Johnny uh, came to me early on and had had like an interesting experience with somebody that recognized him. And I said, the the hardest thing that you have to learn when being a content creator in the relationship with your audiences, they know way more about you than you know about them. And you have to pretend not pretend, but you have to ramp up right away when they come up to you at an event or something like you have to go the, it's like 90, 10, they know, like they know 90% about you. You have to go the other 90 to meet them Mm -hmm. and and like have a, a good conversation with them. That's, that's something that's very eye-opening for a lot of people. It's like this this guy knows 
my family. He knows my dog's name. He knows, you know, stuff about what I like, you know, shit that I don't know about myself. Like all of these things happen and you've got to be able to just drop right into a conversation with somebody that you've never met. And uh, Hey man, thanks for giving a shit about me. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a, that's a super like weird dynamic because especially at trade shows when people are coming up to you, people come up to me like every five minutes and they're, um, uh, you're always under the impression like, yeah, obviously this person knows me or they wouldn't be like tapping me on the shoulder or yelling my name or whatever. Um, and then you have to come into the conversation with that understanding that they like, especially with my content, they know they could know everything about me that I've ever put on the internet. And I've put a lot out there. There are some people that I meet that I would consider like super fans that are like, yo, remember that one time when you lived in uh, in New Jersey? I'm like, damn, dude, that was a long time ago. Like, I forgot that was even a memory that I forgot that was something that I put on the Internet. Um, but it doesn't matter to you anymore, but they've they've stuck that in their box with you. Yeah. And, and so you have to get up to speed really quick on how much this person like knows you. And if, if you're talking about things, you're like, I, I often find myself like, oh, yeah, one time I did a video about like this thing. And they're like, yeah, yeah, dude, I've seen it. Like, you don't need to tell me about it. <laughs> There's other times, though, especially in the firearms world for me, where I'm walking around through a crowded place at SHOT Show and someone's like staring at me or like pointing. They're like, uh, Sunday Gunday. Sunday Gunday. I'm like, you don't even know my name, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, I make I make videos. Like, hey man, how's it going? I the first thing I always do is like ask their name. I'm like, hey, I'm Talon. What's your name? Yeah. A lot of times it kind of goes in one ear out the other when you're doing that a million times a day. But yeah, that that that's something that was kind of hard to grasp as a content creator. I think it's I think it's pretty cool. I I always do the, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? those like generic questions up front because it gives you like once it gives you a, a, a sort of one opportunity to pause the conversation uh and and start to understand the other person that you're speaking to but that's that's like um that's like conversational dynamics yeah i i love i i really enjoy the human psychology part of this thing that we do and understanding the context in which somebody is approaching you what they say to you the order they say it in how they say it all of these things like i've had uh, i had a gun manufacturer one time pull me aside and like try to give me the uh like you know uh disdainful or like disappointed parent thing because i said something negative about their brand and he's like you know we we really like we didn't appreciate i was like look like make your shit better you know it wasn't i didn't say it in those words because i'd be extremely rude but But that's what everyone's thinking (laughs) but my point is like it's always different it's always really interesting and the audience is always evolving yeah absolutely all right man well i think we're almost at an hour Uh, hopefully like we don't have any technical difficulties i don't know what was going on with recording during this but um anything what's that i blame obama yeah, damn Obama. <laughs> Anything you want to plug or talk about before we sign off? Um, go check out Sunday Gunday. Go check out Talon Sai on YouTube and on Instagram. Uh, get you one of these here hats. I appreciate that, man. If you're into guns and the Second Amendment, check out the Gun Collective on all of the internet. We're everywhere. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. You guys are on Twitter too, right? We're, we're I have a Twitter I don't use it uh, so I'm the same way the, I got to, I got like kicked back into Twitter because I was doing stuff with uh, Sebastian Gorka who's uh, used to be he was like a former aide for Trump and I was on his radio program a bunch and he always promotes that so anyway uh, Instagram Facebook we're on Warrior Poets Society Network we have our own website theguncollective.com we sell websites at, or uh, excuse me we sell t-shirts at uh, shall not comply cool everywhere yep all right man well thanks for joining uh hope you guys enjoyed this podcast i hope it hope it works out i don't know how this whole thing's going but yeah that's gonna be all for this week if you guys are new to the youtube channel check us out here this is where we got the whole video element you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify google play soundcloud 
and pretty much wherever else you get your podcast. So, John, thanks again for joining me. Dude, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Yeah, man. We'll talk to you soon, and that's all. So we will talk to you guys in the next one. Cool.